The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fantasy, you're in the whole 60110. Fantasy Focus Football Podcast in the building. TMR and Field hanging with you on August 8th. A reminder that you can find all of us every single day. Twitter, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. YouTube, which you can also watch the full show after the fact. And the ESPN app. Open up the ESPN app. Go to the watch tab. Check us out. Enjoy your hour, 10 to 11 a.m. Hey, bud. And by the way, I want to be clear on this. Okay. Only one of those is a requirement. So Which part? Well, the enjo- you don't have to enjoy it. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like you were just like, hey, open up the tab, go to YouTube, go to Twitter, watch us enjoy your hour. You're not required to enjoy the hour, right? I don't want to put a lot of pressure on you because that puts pressure on us. Look, you likely won't enjoy the hour, but there might people that something like to love to like to hate watch us. Sure, you're allowed to do that, right? We don't care, right? Isn't put us on uh... in the background while you're doing something else. Was it you that wrote about the Howard Stern thing? Like the uh, like eighty percent of people yes. that listen to Howard Stern do so to like wait for the next thing he says. It, it, yeah, but I mean, I, all I did was I quoted. There's a famous scene in in both Private Parts the movie and his book Private Parts where he discusses. And so I just mostly just quoted that, which is where if you've seen the movie Private Parts, there's a scene where uh, Pig Vomit, the the program director that hates Howard, played by Paul Giamatti, was amazing. Um, uh, basically, there's a researcher saying that Howard finished number one in the ratings, and they were like. Average radio listeners listens about like six minutes. The average Stern listener listens an hour and seventeen. The average Stern fan right. listens an hour and seventeen minutes. Most reason, most common reason given. I want to see what he says next. And then they're like the average Stern hater. And then the pig vomit's like, oh well, what about the people that hate Stern? Good question. The people that hate Stern listen two hours and ha- and twenty minutes or something like that. Most common reason given. Want to see what else says next. So, well, you know yes. something. So there you go. We, right. we are good. We are right. okay if you hate us. We are okay if you love us. Yeah. You know what? Patrick Mahomes overrated. Tom Brady, <laughs> dude, literally like system quarterback. Look All right, how, let me put that out there. Look how hot takey you are. I know, right? You might be next Anything to Stephen else? A. Saquon Barkley, by the way, total waste of a draft. Oh my! Anything look, else you got? Fired him out. Look, we are getting into the ESPN spirit here. Let's put us go. on first take. Ooh, they don't want that. Rewind. Fantasy news from the National Football League. This is the instant replay. Like a moron. Well, remember, just because you can't hear it doesn't mean that your microphone's not working. Right. Right. I mean, so anyway, as you, people is, can see, like how if you're watching on Twitter or YouTube or the app, you miss the amazing awkwardness that is me. Like we have these little earpieces. If you can see this, honestly, getting that earpiece around your body was the most athletic thing I've ever seen you do. <laughs> It might be. It might be. Barely. Uh, before we, so we have double trouble coming up today. Yeah. We will be talking about, uh, both the, uh, Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We've got some news, the latest on Antonio Brown. But Matthew, I want to give you, I will indulge you for a moment if you would like. Yeah. If you would like. Today is 8 and 8. You, uh, today is August 8th, 8 8. You like yeah. to call it Jeff Fisher Day. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've celebrated 7 9. We've felt July 9th as well. Also right. Jeff Fisher Day. And that's a good poll, I think. For us at Fantasy Focus. So if you want which to. Which is the real Jeff Fisher Which day. is the real Jeff Fisher day to you? I would be curious to know sort of what our, um, uh, what our audience, uh, what our audience feels like. Uh, is it 7-9? Is it, is it 8-8? June 10th? Maybe <laughs> June it's June 10th. 10th. I mean, it could right? be. Could I'm waiting. Be. <laughs> 
Jeff Fisher is now on Twitter. He is so now on Jeff Twitter. So when Jeff Fisher responds like December 4th, we'll be like, no, 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 no. Right, All right, right Jeff. Like, don't get carried away here, right? Um, here, and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm, uh, I'm retweeting us right now. Okay. Uh, well but done here's here. my question. Okay. So, In my opinion, what day is Jeff Fisher Day? Yeah, what, what, uh, what day is Jeff Fisher Day? Correct. I'm going to go with 7 and 9, and here's why. Okay, okay because sometimes fair. we become prisoners at the moment, which I will be right now. Jeff Fisher will tell you that like he ranks in the top 10 in terms of most wins among Ted coaches in NFL history. Now, some of that is longevity. Yeah. He coached during an era when patience actually existed. And, by the way, he coached for a very long time for the Tennessee Titans yep. through good and bad. He helped them navigate the move from Houston to— I was just going to say, he he's been, he was a coach for so long, he was the coach of the Houston Oilers. Right. So like he a, helped, a franchise that no longer exists. Right. He helped navigate that move, and, and Jeff Fisher is a good man. He has done a lot for the league. He also was a very well-respected player, which I don't know that people— Jeff Fisher was an incredible special teams player. People may not be a great—most uh, you know, well-known for his time with the Bears. That being said— I am going to be a prisoner of the moment. And I think, and I think about Todd Gurley often because he's won me a lot of fantasy championships, as he has for you and many others listening to this podcast. I think about that year where Jeff Fisher, like like Jared Goff and Todd Gurley, two guys who look like stars right now, sure. were awful. They were, awful. They were You couldn't even watch them. It was like the Cardinals last year. It was terrible. So Ooh. I'm sorry. Seven I, or nine. I mean, under 500. When you see what that team did under Sean McVay in the first year right. that McVay got there, and what they looked like the year before. I mean, the 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 difference in and it was basically the same roster. Yes, I mean, I mean they in, some they additions, improved, but they, still, they they they, they, you know, they got Woods, Robert Woods. Right, I was going to say they improved their pass catchers a little many bit. Many elements were the same. Many elements were the same, and uh, you know, I mean, what was Jeff Fisher's final season? It was something like I want to say six and something, right? And I mean. McVay won 12 games his first year as a head coach, right? They went 12 and 4? I think, yeah. I believe that's maybe right. 11 5, 12 4 and 9 before getting fired. Thirsty Kyle throws it up there. Nice job there. Very quick. And yeah. I, I want to say McVay went 12 and 4 his first season. Thirsty Kyle will, will double check that. So you, you believe this. So he's at, let's, he's at Twitter on, at, I think he's at Coach Fisher something or like at that. Coach yeah. Jeff Fisher. Yeah. Something like that. And I'll even say this. He went 11 and 5. 11 Sean and McVay five. did. Yep. Sean McVay did first year. So from four and nine before getting fired, that was Fisher. McVeigh turns it around to eleven and five. So he's on Twitter, and I've seen his Twitter. He's actually good on Twitter. Yeah, he's like, pretty I good. Will give, I will yeah. give him some some props there. But why I continually go after Jeff Fisher, and why I will always go after Jeff Fisher, because when I tweeted, I tweeted out like a Happy August eighth and like a picture of Jeff Fisher, and you know, uh, on on Twitter, and some people said like, "Hey, Barstool Big Cat says, do not do this." Now you and I both love Big Cat, right? Yeah, he's our so, buddy. Yeah, so uh, both of us consider a Big Cat a friend. Uh, tremendous respect for him. I disagree. I consider with him a him. journalist, for the record, but Fair, you may yeah, call no, him a friend. No, yeah, I understand. I'm talking about a personal relationship, not oh, how he. Okay, re- gotcha. Of course, absolutely. He is absolutely. I always uh, think of him in that regard. Uh, first. Well, of course. Well, you're yeah. an NFL insider. You guys are both Big J journalists, no question. Uh, but anyway, but I disagree here with Big Cat on this, and and I will always run this into the ground, much like he ran every running back he ever had into the ground. Hey yo. Because because of, and I've talked about this many times before, but because of when they played the Redskins in RG3, a 24-year-old kid was struggling, was struggling. Jeff Fisher, when he was head coach of the Rams, brought out the four picks that right. as the captains of that team, at the four picks that they got for the RG3 trade. And the RG3 trade, right. And it was just such a, listen, you want to take a shot after the game or something like that, but I thought it was just such an F you to a 24-year-old kid who's struggling. Like, it's not it's not Robert Griffin III's fault that the Redskins traded that many picks. Right. 
that was there. There are different ways. The optics were poor for going after the kid when really it was you should be going after. You want to go after Dan, Dan Snyder? Snyder? You go want to go after Bruce Allen? I'm all on board with that. But no, to go. I don't know. I just I thought that was such a cheap shot, especially when his own team not only has struggled forever, but was struggling at that time as well. I thought it was such a cheap shot for one of my favorite players in the NFL. So I will always, always, always bring up how awful and mediocre a coach Jeff Fisher was. And when you think about mediocre. He's probably the official coach. I was just going to say, you fit right in. Next year, we'll have Jeff Fisher on Jeff Fisher Day. So let's get to the news. Uh, Antonio Brown. Honest, I, I'm not being yeah. like funny. Like I truly cannot remember if when we were on the show yesterday, we had realized how Antonio Brown got this foot issue. But for those who have been sleeping under a rock for the past 24 hours, here's what we know. Yeah. Antonio Brown went to France. And you know what happened in France this summer, Matthew? They had literally the hottest day ever in Paris. I know that because when the Women's World Cup was being played there yeah. and USA was dominating, they were having record temperatures. And you know what happened to Antonio Brown? He got frostbitten in France because he went into a cryotherapy booth yeah. with the wrong footwear. Maybe no footwear at all. This is like... I've read many a baseball injury that I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, the dude's getting out of the shower and, like, you know, is that yeah, something exactly. ridiculous? But tell me this is not one of the weirdest injuries you've ever heard of. And does it change, uh, fantasy-wise, does it mean anything for fantasy it's, football? It's one Look. of the weirdest injuries. What's the weirdest injury you've ever had? I was trying to think of one. I don't have one. I don't, I like, the weirdest injury I've ever had. I can't think of anything off, the, like, nothing. I've ha- I've never had anything, I mean, like, Nothing whatever. nearly in the vein of these, right? No, 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 no. Like, I've slammed a cart. What about you, Secret Squirrel? You got something? So, two things. One, I think we were talking behind the glass here. Joel Zamaya playing Guitar Hero was probably a really weird... Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yes. so weird. Right? Yes. Like, that's a weird injury to that's have. That's weird, yeah. Uh, I actually got up... I was helping a buddy move when I was in the Air Force, and we were carrying a couch down a set of stairs... And the couch like slipped, and I actually got a hernia from the couch falling on top of me. So that's probably like the weirdest injury that I've that's ever painful had. Painful too. That sounds that sounds really painful. I've slammed car doors. You know, I mean, I've uh, I, I here's one. No, I uh, when I uh, I sprained an ankle, like very seriously, like I had to be on crutches for a number of weeks uh, by tripping over a telephone cord. Like Ooh. this, this and just yeah, that's how old you are. Yeah, of course. Like back when I had so like so, but cord. like like uh, I think my brother had. Like had taken the phone, uh, you know, and and so like the you know taking the 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 house phone into another room, and so I didn't notice that like the telephone cord was you know across like the doorway or whatever. I'm and surprised I, I because when that. they when they would plug them into the wall like they do when you would call like the yes, operator, correct. right? And it's one of those like big thick cords <laughs> that you had that you tripped over. Is that what you're talking about? Not that old. Oh, okay. but, it's, but it was a, it was a house phone. What do you call anyway, the, ro- the rotary, the rotary phone? Yeah, rotary phone. Yeah, yeah. Matthew, and, working with rotary phones, yeah. which are now only available at like Urban Outfitters and Hot Topic as like a retro item. Sure, but anyway, so um, uh, anyway, so it's a super weird, super weird injury here for Antonio Brown. Some guy, I remember one guy got uh, injured taking out the trash. I forget the name of the baseball player, but he was taking out the. He was Definitely like, take, was not taking out the trash. Uh, you're right. That like, that's what, that was the story. Reported. But like, dude, think of something better. Yeah, I was taking right. out the trash. Like all you, you literally you grab and you pit you 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 move it eight all feet right. into the dumpster. So anywho, so Antonio anyway, Brown, poor, new guy Kenny is freaking out because we haven't talked about Antonio Brown. So you see the feet on the screen. If you're watching, right there, if it's you're nasty. watching us on uh, on Twitter, YouTube, or the ESPN app, uh, I was already fading Antonio Brown. Okay, I already had serious concerns about Antonio Brown coming into the season. For all the obvious reasons, and I think we've talked about this, going from Ben Roethlisberger to Derek Carr, that is a downgrade. 
That is a significant yep. downgrade. Agre- and all due yeah, respect I, to Derek Carr. Sure. Ben Roethlisberger is a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? Yeah, I'd Don't say so. do you believe? Yeah, I mean, for sure. He's got to be, right? So Unless he retires like the same year Tom Brady and like three other guys. But yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, yes, right. he will be. Yeah, he will be, right? So going from Big Ben to Derek Carr is a significant downgrade. Going from the Steelers' offense to the Raiders' offense is a downgrade. Remember, uh, from 2014 to 2018, the last four seasons, Steelers, fourth in red zone drives. Past two years, the Raiders, 30th in red zone drives. Now, the Raiders didn't have Antonio Brown. They've made a lot of improvements in their offense. It's a work in progress, and I actually like some of the things that they're doing there in Oakland, but to expect Oakland this year to be as good as the Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown Steelers of the last couple of years... It's not going to happen. So it's a wor- it's a worse offense. It's a it's a worse quarterback. He's thirty one years old. It's been a, he, he's missed a couple of games here and there, and now he's missing significant time to try to get on the same page with Derek Carr because one of the things that Antonio Brown brings, one of the things that makes him one of the truly great players in this league field, is his ability to improvise when plays break down. Yeah, no, that, that's a big part of it, yes. Uh, I agree, and that's something that like is just as much, like, is that more A-B, or is it more Big Ben, or is it more both of them, right? Like, both of them tend to excel in that regard, right? Right, and so my, arg- my argument would be is that I think it's actually both of them, to answer that particular question. I sure. think it's both of them, and I think it's both of them having played together for so many years. Like, that's just something that comes yeah, with it's just... it's built in. It's yep. built in, yep. right? I mean, and... and you know, it's 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 uh it's you know it's Aaron Rodgers with Jordy Nelson for years or Devontae Adams. It, I think you would see that with Brady and Edelman or Gronk because sure. they played together for so many years. And so it's just it's not something that you're going to see. I think with Derek Carr or Antonio Brown, we don't know when he's coming back. Um, Sal Powell reported yesterday, our own Sal Powell Antonio, that there's no timetable for his return. So here's what I have been told. I have been told by someone close to Antonio Brown. Very minor. Now, that's how it was described initially. That was when he was first put on NFI. Now, we're about, I think that was um, two Saturdays ago. So, we're nearly two weeks from the initial diagnosis, right, or initial issue coming to light publicly. Um, there's still a lot of time until the regular season begins. And I will say this, Matthew, I don't know, like, if this was something that he was genuinely concerned about, I, I really wonder, would he put it all over social media and be bashful about it like he has been? I'm just curious. Like, part of me wonders, like, hey, if he's putting it on social media, like, ha ha, woe is me. Not like, yo, like, I've got, like, brittle feet and they're going to be a pain for the rest of the season. You know what Except I mean? Except here's the thing on Antonio Brown. He is a different dude. And I don't mean sure. that in any kind of insulting way, but this is a guy that, this is a guy that in his own locker room started a Facebook Live. You know, I mean, social media is very important. This is a guy that showed up to training camp in a in a balloon, in a hot air balloon. I mean, he That's is a cool. he. It's amazing, but he is a different dude, is what I'm just saying. And, and so I, again, that's not said as an insult, um, because you know, as somebody who's been around Antonio Brown a couple of times, like he can be very personable. Like he's a guy that no you question. like being around. You yeah, know, absolutely. When he wants to be, he can be like really charming and personable. But he's a different kind of guy, and there may be an attitude of like. I don't care, and hey, yeah, you know, like he may not think it's a big deal. Look, I got paid, right? I mean, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's I'm speculating here, but I wouldn't take the fact that Antonio Brown, given given what we know about AB as a person, 
I don't think I would take the fact that he shared it on social media as a as a reason to discount the seriousness of the injury. It may not be a serious injury, but that's not a reason I would use. Okay, fair enough. I may have been reading too much into it. Let's go ahead and get the double trouble before, Wait, before we, we do, do that. Hang okay, on, no, real quickly. I know, uh, but I know I've been, but I want to know where are you in Antonio Brown? So my current ranking is I have him at wide receiver nine. I have him at wide receiver eight. His current ADP is wide receiver seven. Are you going to move him down? I might move him down a little bit lower. The next wide receiver I have is Mike Evans. Yeah. And so I'm going to wait a couple of days, but I think there's a chance that Antonio Brown moves down for me. And I will say this, even though I have him at wide receiver nine, he's probably not a guy I'm drafting this year. Like my love-hate list is coming out soon, and he will be on it. So I will not move him down until we have some sort of like concrete update. Hey, he is going to miss these number of days. Or... If we get to the third preseason game, we still haven't seen him. That's my target date. If guys aren't back by that third preseason game with just sort of lingering, nondescript injuries, then all of a sudden I start to get a little bit more worried. But he misses another week of practice, and you're still not concerned that in terms of just sort of the connection with Derek Carr? That's where I'm, I'm going to wait till the third preseason game. There's enough time in the two weeks after that for me to feel comfortable. Maybe they have until... Monday Night Football, ESPN, week one, for him to get back and get right. Sounds like I'm a little bit more concerned than you are. Yeah, we still have him as a, as a lower-end wide receiver one. Yep. But still, this is this is eyebrow-raising. And for people that are drafting that. now, you know, when you sit there and he's he's going around some of these other players that I feel like are a little bit safer. Sure. You don't want to mess up those first few picks. Yeah. But still, I, I don't want to—it's still Antonio Brown. I do want to be mindful of just how incredibly— Accomplished and gifted and talented of a player, he he's is. amazing. He when he's when he's right, he is right. He's amazing, like Miller Lite. The love of sports wow. is something that Miller Lite, the original light beer with great taste, only ninety six calories and three point two grams of carbs, shares with you. And it's because, like you, it has maintained its authenticity from the first day. That's why Miller Lite. Mm, Thirsty Thursday uh, accompanies all those moments of glory, refreshing your throat with its great taste so you can continue to root for your team from wherever you are. Whether at the stadium or at home in front of the TV with your friends, accompany the victories of your team with a beer so light that it lets you enjoy its taste throughout the whole game. Why am I so thirsty right now? No matter what sport it is, Miller Lite has the taste and the right amount of calories you're looking for in a light beer when game time comes. So don't stop shouting, rooting, and enjoying the passion that moves you along with the only beer that understands you, because it shares it with you. Listen, I'm, I'm a beer guy. You guys know this. 100%. Miller Lite, like, you need a little nice little, have a couple for a game. What was it's a that great sound? beer. That was like a, right there. Enjoy, <laughs> a, would... enjoy a handful, a, hand, a, few, a few Miller Lights, not a handful, a few. Uh, Miller we... Lite, hold on. Miller Lite holds true. Celebrate responsibly. 2019 Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Average analysis for 12 fluid, fluid ounces, 96 calories. 3.2 grams of carbs, less than one gram of protein, and zero grams of fat. So I want to know, yeah. Secret Squirrel, this is a question for you. Can we get some Miller Lite? I just feel, you know, like you think about like Kathy Lee and Hoda. They're always drinking wine on their show. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So why don't we, look, it's it's 10 a.m. in the morning, so it's 5 o'clock somewhere, right? Why can't we, like, That's we, true. you know, we love our advertisers here on the 06010. We sure do. So why can't we... You know, get when a couple we, of Miller lights in the studio. Get a couple of Miller lights. Just do I look chuck- like the kind of person that would object to that? No. All now, right, let I me see what I can work more on. More than enjoy, I might sip more than chug this time. But still, listen. You well, you we should chugged do a, a beer like a, like at at the Detroit live show. You chugged a beer like I. I mean, it was unbelievable. I was thirsty. We have a we have a we have an intern here. Uh, yes, Yash. Yeah. And so Yash, who goes to Georgia. 
Can you chug a beer, Yash? Because if not, Field will teach you. This is all about you learning how to, um, uh, you know, we want your experience at ESPN to be positive here. And, and we want complete. You to, uh, and, and learn a lot of different life skills to take back to the University of Georgia where you're going to be a senior next year. Would you like Field Minister Yates to teach you how to chug a beer or do you feel like you're good there? I would love that. Well, so you, me, maybe Matthew, Cadillac Ranch to eat tonight. You know, it's a place right down the road. We do some line dancing, eat some wings, yeah. drink a couple of brews. And watch some preseason football, baby. Let's go! We'll talk about some preseason football, if anything, bears itself out over the next couple of days. Time now, though, for Double Trouble. Double Trouble. Double Double Trouble. Trouble. Double trouble. Double trouble. Double double trouble. Double trouble. As of this moment, they're on double secret probation. That drop never gets old. Neither does Matt Ryan, who continues to play well into his 30s. He's got 4,924 passing yards plus 35 touchdowns to his name last season. In terms of quarterback rankings, Matthew, you have him at seven. I have him at six, which is one slot ahead of his QB ADP of five. Yeah. He was unbelievable. He was not great in 28, uh, 2017. Yeah, he was the MVP in 2016. Where is the? I mean, are you at all nervous of this? You know, like peak and valley sort of. Um, right. So he was he trajectory. Was, he to was his literally career. the the, uh, the MVP of the NFL in 2016, and in some ways, the fantasy MVP too, because he was oh, so he was great, unbelievable, yeah. and he went later. Where in you drafts, drafted him, et cetera. Hundred percent. Yep. Was not great in 2017. Yes. Not great at all. And then last year, the second best quarterback in fantasy. And I don't people, I don't know if, if you didn't have him on your roster, you don't really realize that because the Falcons had a bad year. Right. But Matt Ryan was unbelievable last year. Uh, QB 15 in 2017. Last year, again, QB 2, 355 fantasy points, seven different games with 25 or more fantasy points. The only other quarterback that can say that, Patrick Mahomes. So, uh, and you look at sort of the underlying numbers similar to 2016. Dirk Cutter now the new offense coordinator of the Atlanta well, Falcons. New again. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. New, uh, you know, um, new in quotes because he's formerly the offense coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons. That's what he was doing before he left to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, three years in Atlanta, uh, uh, and under Cutter, Matt Ryan had two top seven campaigns in those three years. And remember, one of those years, 2013, Julio missed 11 games. Right. So it's hard to, you know, judge the offense when you don't could have. Could have been even better. Yeah. Could have been, could have been better. I, I'm guess, I believe that 2013 season was the year that Matt Ryan was down. Um, but anyway, that with the one that, uh, Julio, uh, missed the 11 games. But anyway, so Matt Ryan had two good years and one bad year, basically, under Dirk Cutter from a sure. fantasy point of view. Yep. Doesn't run, um, I might be too low on him. I have, I'm a QB7. He's going as QB5. I do have Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield ahead of him. He's one of my favorite values amongst the elite quarterbacks. I agree with that. Because if you look at his ADP, and you have this page up, I do not, but you mentioned it's fifth amongst quarterbacks. But look at the premium that you are paying on quarterbacks one, two, and three relative to Matt Ryan, quarterback five. So Aaron yeah. Rodgers, I'm sorry, Patrick Holmes, 17.4. So Mahomes is, going, Mahomes is going in the second. Rodgers and Watson are going the in the fifth. fifth. And then Andrew Luck, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, all going in the seven. Yeah, so great value right there for those three players. Matt Ryan, an awesome player, uh, and I expect like, the, the weapons are all there. They're 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 loaded. They're I mean, like they have every piece in place. We talked about Wentz the other day. He's going in the tenth. I mean that's crazy yeah, value. Great too. But value anyway, too. but Matt Ryan in the seventh versus Aaron Rodgers in the fifth or Watson in the fifth, like. Come on. Yeah. Or even Mahomes, as magical as Mahomes is, sure. Mahomes in the second versus Matt Ryan in the seventh? Right. I mean, Matt Ryan has 40 touchdown 
passing upside for sure. Yeah. So we feel good about Matt Ryan as a value and the guy you could start going into the season. Part of the reason why is that his backfield is back to full strength. Devontae Freeman played in just two games last year. Really frustrating. Obviously, he tried to come back late in the season. Did not work out for him. It was the Tevin Coleman show. You have been running back 18, which is another reason why you are brilliant. I have been running back 18 as well. <laughs> his ADP is 14th amongst running backs. Yeah. So people like him a little bit more than you and I do. Maybe we're a bit concerned about the injuries at this point of his career. I think that's what it is. So there's a couple of things here. And I have to be honest. Devontae Freeman is one of the hardest players for me to rank all positions this year. How come? Because because I think there is a a much wider range of outcomes for Devontae Freeman than there is for a lot of other players hmm. at his level. And by that I mean like if Devontae Freeman stays healthy, like he to your point, there's no Tevin Coleman here, right? Right. And so you've got Edo Smith and Brian Hill and whatever, Allison. We'll we'll talk about all those guys, but. Honestly, like it's going to be the Devontae Freeman show on a very good offense. So sure. if he is healthy the full year, this is a guy that could be a you know top five, top seven running back. I mean, here's a guy that since 2016 he's top ten in terms of yards per carry. He averages four point six, and this is a among qualified running backs with at least 250 carries since 2016. Okay, but part of the problem is the decline in touches, even when he was healthy, right? So starting in 2015, 22 touches a game to 17 to 16. Right. And then, you know, obviously last year he missed most of the season. He was hurt. Right. But I, it's a, I, so it's just, it's hard. And he hasn't been involved in the passing game as much. I kind of wonder, though, if like that's going to actually the bell, this is going to be a bell curve thing, right? Like an right. inverted bell curve. Like he went down over those past three years when Tevin Coleman was there. Now, without a clear cut established number two back. Maybe they ride Devontae Freeman harder, like fully healthy. I, By the way, this is a year where like a massive evaluation year for head coach Dan Quinn. You yep. know, another bad season might put his job in peril. Like I think Devontae Freeman, again, under new but old offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter, could be in line for a huge role. Um, you know, be. It, they, it's they, just, they drafted just, a couple of offensive linemen. Like we expect their line sure. to be better this year as well. You know, I uh, think the, the the only concerns for me are the health. He's yeah. not a huge guy. He's like five. You know, he's built. He's thick. He's like five. You know, five nine, five ten, two twenty or something like that. But still, it's a track record. Now he's been hurt. He's been banged up a lot. And I have one more concern about the Falcons that I think. But it's so it's just sort of hard. Maybe this is we should we should circle this. And when when we get Stefania back, I would love to get her her sense on on Devonte Freeman. But it, it's just one of those things. So it's like like he could be a top five to seven guy. Sure. Well, he I has mean, been in right, right, before. Right, exactly. But he also could just like completely bottom out again because, again, he the last couple of years he keeps getting hurt. Right. He keeps getting hurt. Uh, by the way, that like top five year was like, what, three seasons ago. So like at some point, like having a top five season on your resume is irrelevant relative to what your value is but, going like, forward. I'll give you two quick stats that Thursday Kyle threw up here, which I think are impressive, right? Here's here's the list of players with more rushing yards and more yards per carry than Devontae Freeman since 2016. Ezekiel Elliott, Mark Ingram, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, good that's company the, to be that's in. That's the entire yeah. list. Pretty good players company. Players with 850 or more rushing yards and 300 or more receiving yards in three of the past four seasons, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, Devontae Freeman. That's the entire list. So, I mean, like, it's when he's been there, he's been super productive, and the Falcons had a chance to pay Tevin Coleman this year, and they did not. So, so there's you you would think, I guess, the team feels good about where Freeman is. But if we have to protect ourselves, there are a few different backs in the backfield that could be sort of the handcuff, or maybe not, to Devontae Freeman. Edo Smith, fourth-round pick last year at a Southern Miss, the judge, I believe they call him. Yep. There's also Brian Hill, a fifth-round pick out of Wyoming, who was cut, landed with the Bengals, got cut by the Bengals, landed back with the Falcons, and then Kadri Allison, fifth-round pick, I believe this year, I believe fifth-round pick, yep. uh, out of Pitt. 
is the fact that I just named three names enough evidence that like you can't use a draft pick on any of them? Yeah, I mean, if I had to, I mean, you know, Brian Hill actually looked good in the the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, he did. A He's bit. had a good, so, good and, camp so and, far. And uh, you know, there was some nice coach speak about him after that. I guess if I had to sort of pick a late flyer, give me Brian Hill. But I don't know that I have any level of confidence that any one of those three is going to emerge in a Tevin Coleman like role right. where you would feel where you feel like they would have standalone value because Tevin Coleman had standalone flex value like in 12, 14 team leagues last year. Uh, I don't have that sense or confidence in any of those guys. There are other guys that I think have a higher upside that I'd rather take a flyer on. Kadri Olison, by the way, was a mispronunciation on my part. Okay. There. My apologies. Um, Apology accepted. Thank you. On behalf of the Olison family. I think I mispronounced it as well earlier in the show. Did I? Yeah. Secret Squirrel's nodding his head. Um, I so accept your apology a, as thank well. You. There you go. Um, if we get clarity, if we get clarity that like, hey, Brian Hill's the guy or Ido Smith is the guy. It changes then, everything. Then it does because, again, because of the injury history of Devontae Freeman. But if I was drafting today, would I target and I managed to get Freeman on my team? Would I target one of those guys? No. I feel the same way about that. Um, we're going to turn the mic over right now to Daniel Dot for a little talk about Julio Jones. Your thoughts, Daniel? You're one of those never Julio guys, right? Yeah, I, you know what? I saw that Julio's going to score, uh, or going to get 3,000 receiving yards this year. Yeah, you huh, guys? That? I know. Did you, you see that? I did see that. That, that was, was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm going to grow a beard this year, too. Are you? Yeah, definitely. Well, Absolutely. For you, buddy. 100%. Yeah. Matthew's going to grow hair back. Wow. Yeah. Wait, a, wait, hang on. You're going to grow a beard this year? Yeah. Yes. Talk about bearing the headline. You've hit puberty? Like, Can you blow the hello, horn? sailor. Can you blow I the mean, horn? Just, Can you blow the horn? I just. Come on! Come on! I'm Cut just, me a break, man! Come on! He, he's a married man he's now. Married, you understand how it works at all? He's a child bride. My he's voice cracks like only once a show, as opposed to four <laughs> times a show. NBD. Let's right. talk about Julio Jones. Makes me feel better about myself. Julio's amazing. We don't need to. We don't need. We don't need to recreate the wheel here with the Julio conversation. He had 113 catches for 1677 yards last year, plus eight touchdowns. The most important thing, Matthew, is after many years of seemingly not being able to figure out how to use Julio appropriately in the red zone, all of a sudden the Falcons kind of got it right with Julio Jones. Yeah. I mean, Julio Jones is good. Hashtag analysis. There you go. That was riveting. Thank you. Uh, what do you want me to say about Julio Jones? No, he's no, one of the best wide receivers in fantasy. Super. He's, uh, We've got him both as a top four wide receiver. He, he's he's super consistent. Um, to your point, by the way, about, uh, you know, you know, can you get, can you throw your best player the ball when you get in close? Weeks 14 through 17 last year, 36.4% of the red zone target share for Julio Jones as the season went on seemed like they finally got to, uh, got to figure it out there with, uh, with Julio. But, you know, it was top five wide receiver. He's a back end receiver. of the first round pick, depending yeah. on your league size. It, He's a stud. Yeah. It just, I mean, like I have Beckham over him. Uh, so the it's, same it's idea, right? Picking right. I'm at wide receiver four, right. but they're all right there. Like you want to go Michael Thomas, you want to go Julio. You know, it's different than running backs, where like there is a there's a, there's a precipitous drop at yeah. some point for wide it's receivers. Just, there's like five or six guys that are really really awesome. It's just personal preference there. The um for me, for me, I think Beckham has a chance to be the number one wide receiver in fantasy. I think if everything goes right for Beckham, and there's there's an if there, right? You know, yeah, I feel the same way about Julio like though. But well, of course, right? Well, of course, they all have that. They all have that upside, right? Um. Anyway, anyways, let's talk about the Julio's other Falcons awesome. wide Hashtag receivers. Analysis. Right. Julio's Julio awesome. is awesome. Calvin Ridley was really good last year. He had ten touchdowns. So, Matthew, it's about Calvin Ridley here, but let's lump Muhammad Sanu into this conversation as well. It's sort of like the other, the other 
wide receiver, not named Julio, because it's pretty rare for an offense to be like the Rams last year, where they had three guys who you could consistently rank in the top 20 and be right more often than not. For Atlanta, the question for Calvin Ridley is this. Even if the touchdowns go down this year, can he be a better fantasy asset than he was last year? And if so, like, is there even room, is there a third seat at the table for Mohamed Sanu? I think Mohamed Sanu is sort of what he is, right? right? You know, didn't, like, we, didn't we call him like the quintessential flex last year? Like he is the definition of a flex play. He's like, yeah, I need eight points, right? You know, like, like I, I won't need, be mad if you I give need me like, eight. yeah, I need like you give me eighteen, sweet, but like I expect eight, yeah, or ten eight to ten or whatever. Like I need, you know, four five for catches, fi- four and, for fifty-four or something like that. Yep. You know, five for five for fifty-two, something like that. I mean, that's um, you know, and maybe you know, you hope maybe he throws a touchdown, right? Be sweet, I mean, like right? I mean. Uh, so Ridley's in, Ridley's interesting, and when you say a better fantasy asset, what I think you're meaning is could he be more a more consistent, consistent yep. fantasy asset? Like out of uh, you know, we always talk about Tristan's consistency ranks, and he does a great job there. Check it out on ESPN.com. Tristan H. Cockcroft's consistency rankings. Of course, I'm a company man. Tristan looked at 51 different wide receivers last year uh, that he considered he, that qualified wide receivers, right? Yep. Calvin Ridley, 43rd. Yeah, not great. 43rd out of 51 qualified wide receivers. Um, uh, Antonio Callaway, slightly more consistent. Is that right? Well, he's consistently like below average, but still more consistently than Calvin Calvin Ridley. Um, if you, if you take out the games against the Saints, right? I mean, those are the two games where Ridley just sort of went crazy against New Orleans. Right? Caught 15 passes in those two games against New Orleans. But if you take out those two games, Guy averaged 10.36 fantasy points per game last year, right? I mean, basically, um, if you excluded the actual version of Calvin Ridley, he would have been wide receiver 50 last year. So I've got him as a low Again, end. Again, if you take out the, the Saints games. Thing. Right. I've got him as a low end wide receiver three, wide receiver 28. That's behind his ADP amongst wide receivers of 25. You're lowering him. Would you not feel comfortable using Calvin Ridley as a starter in your lineup entering next season? Correct. Like he's on the hate list. So he's on the hate list because of, again, because of where he's going in ADP. Look at where he's going. He's going, he's going basically, his ADP is wide receiver 25. Yeah. Like, just to give you an idea of like who's going in that range, wide receiver 25. So he's going in the same range as Chris Godwin, as Tyler Boyd, as DJ Moore. Um, see Jarvis and, Landry right and, there. And Jarvis Landry, Tyler Lockett. Yeah. It's basically Tyler Lockett's going four picks ahead of him. So he's basically going in the same round on ESPN.com. Like, I would prefer any of those players to Calvin Ridley because all those players, you know, Lockett, Godwin, Boyd, like, they all have, you know, very specific roles. Sammy Watkins is a little bit more of a, uh, same with Tyler Boyd has more of a, DJ Moore has more of a specific role, right? I mean, think about uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel last year. Both of them last year had more double-digit fantasy point games than Calvin Ridley. There were eight receivers in the NFC South that had more such games, including Mohamed Sanu. Like, so much of his production were from those couple of crazy games that it just... And and if something were to happen to Julio, okay. But as long as Julio Jones is healthy, and by the way, as long as Devontae Freeman is healthy, and Austin Hooper, who we're going to talk about in a minute here, keeps emerging, like, I just don't know that Calvin Ridley gets enough target share to be a consistent fantasy force when you consider his ADP. Like, I think he's a nice player. Right. But to 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 go with Calvin Ridley over Chris Godwin, over Tyler Lockett, over guys that are like the number one wide receiver on the team or guys that we expect to have a significant target share, 
I don't know. I'm a little bit more bullish because I'm banking on the fact that he's going to be a lot better as a second-year pro because sure, he was, by many people's estimation, the best receiver prospect in last year's class. You just mentioned Austin Hooper. Let's get to Mr. Hoop, uh, who, believe it or not, I mean, he he was, I don't know, quietly, right? But last year, uh, pretty solid, uh, in but sort of in clusters, Matthew, right? Like, he had three games with nine-plus catches, yeah. and yet the problem was low yards per catch average and so many games where those, like, Nine-catch game would be followed up with like a two-catch game for 17 yards. So is he even like a startable tight end going into this year? I think he's a startable tight end going into this year. But okay. like he is at the he's at the low end. So I have him at, I have him as tight end nine. His ADP is tight end 14, which I think is weird. I mean, this is this is a guy that was a top 10 fantasy tight end last year. Continues to make improvements. More of right? a reflection of the position, I think, than anything else. Fair enough. But I mean, he was tight end six. I mean, it was. So I mean, like, yeah, right. I understand the position was, you know, was was down, and there were people that were injured, but still, I mean, seventy-one catches last year, fourth most among among tight ends. Yep, caught over eighty-one percent of his targets. That led the tight end position, and in fact, it was the highest catch rate, uh, highest catch percentage by a tight end over the past fifteen seasons. Okay, so I think he is earning the trust of Matt Ryan. They're finding different ways to use him, and I don't know. I think he's a, a certainly nice value. He, he, again, he's currently going as tight end 14 here. Now, if you want to talk about a concern, the concern is lack of red zone targets. Just five last year for Austin Hooper. But my expectation is, again, as you talk about Calvin Ridley taking another step, every year that Austin Hooper's been in the NFL, he has improved his stats, he's improved his his uh, his playing, and I would expect him to take yet another step this year. Given how poor the position is, we expect this offense in Atlanta to be pretty good. Yeah, And so... Give me a guy that is the guy on a pretty good offense once you get past the elite, once you're in that 8-12 to 12 range. Contract year for Austin Hooper coming up. We'll be right back to talk about... So you're down on Austin Hooper. I've got him at tight end 12. I just... My my, my thing with tight ends is, like, I'd rather... Obviously, we all, we all prefer the top three tight ends, but there are others who I think, and we'll talk about one of them in just a moment, have a chance to be featured more prominently in their offense than Austin Hooper. Um, that I don't I'm disagree with that. With. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a tight, tight end nine, yep. but I'm just saying, if you've completely punted on the position, he where's Austin Hooper going? Austin Hooper's going like crazy. tight end fourteen. Well, I know he's going fourteen, so but I'm just trying free. to think like he's going, um, he's going in the fifteenth round. Right. So my I point is, is that fine. like yep. I think he's a name to keep in mind if you've punted on the position and you're looking there in the double digit rounds. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break and yes, come sir. right back with one more team from the NFC South. You're in the 06010. Focus. Fantasy. Fantasy. Focus. You know where it's hot and sweaty all the time? Tampa. It's really hot down there. I remember I went to a preseason. I was with the Chiefs. We had a preseason. I thought game. you were looking at me, and I was just like, wow, this got weird quickly. No, trust me, I was not. <laughs> I mean, my eyes may have strayed. Uh, I remember like going yeah, to. Like, eyes up here, brother. <laughs> Walking onto the field in the suit, because, you know, I don't know, why do we have athletes? Why do athletes show up in suits? Like, why do they have to travel in suits? I don't know. It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to Not me Not comfortable, either. right? Like, I guess there's a, a, I guess there is a professionalism to it. That okay. the, the idea is, is that, and I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with this, but my guess is the thought process is like, these guys are, you know, they're brutal and they're animals and they're out on the field and they're, you know, kicking butt and, you know, and but they clean up are, nice. But they clean up, but look, see, it's just, that's just on the field because when they come into the, you know, when they come into work, they're wearing a suit and tie and right. blah, blah, blah. Like, I get it if you're Tom Brady. 
get it if you're Tom Brady and you know like you're, you're going to be iconic. Your like you're, you're photo's going to travel you're everywhere. You're iconic, and you're going to you know you're going to be in the post game press conference. Fair. But does like the backup offensive lineman need a three piece suit? No, sweatsuits are made for a reason, right? Yeah. Like they're amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm with you on this. Yeah. Anyways, it's always hot in Tampa. I always used to hate having to wear a suit down there for games. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their Vegas win title is six and a half this year. They've been under this number in five of their past six seasons. Let's begin with Jameis Winston, Matthew. I think there's a case that Jameis Winston is one of the most intriguing players in fantasy football this season. You and I, being smart, are ahead of the curve here. His ADP for quarterbacks is 19. I've got him at 12. You've got him at 13, Matthew. Um, in some ways, it feels like a match made in heaven, right? Bruce Arians, the yeah. quarterback whisperer, no risk it, no biscuit. Jameis Winston, who is the also no risk it, no biscuit, YOLO type of quarterback, does some really dumb things, but sometimes with great risk comes great reward. Now, there are some concerning signs for Jameis Winston. Has been less than careful with the football in the past. But again, that's the nicest thing anyone's that, ever said. My about diplomatic James way Winston. of saying it, I know, I know. Less Be than nice. careful. I less love that. Careful. But <laughs> there's no Ryan Fitzpatrick waiting in the wings right now. No. Okay. Bruce Arians did not take this job in Tampa Bay to come out of retirement because he expected this team to need some slow crawl back to relevance. He wants to win right away. And although Adam Humphreys is gone and Deshaun Jackson's back in Philadelphia, it's not like their weapons stink. They're loaded with weapons and a good offensive line, or at least a capable offensive line, Matthew. I'm in on Jameis Winston this year. 100%. 100%. So here's the, it's not always going to be pretty. Make no mistake about it. It, like, you don't have to always watch the games. Just remember that just because somebody's on your fantasy team doesn't mean you actually have to watch the games. But when you think about sort of like how deep Arians likes to throw the ball, and that's what Winston does well, what Winston likes to do as well. Remember, in his nine starts last season, yep. James Winston averaged 4.6 deep completions and 11.1 deep attempts per game. Both would have led the NFL if he qualified. Both would have been more than Patrick Mahomes, again, if he qualified. It was only nine games that he started. Yep. But in those nine games that he started last season, he averaged 294 passing yards per game. Yep. That would have been fourth most among all quarterbacks behind only Roethlisberger, Mahomes, and Matt Ryan, again, if he had qualified. I think this stat is crazy. Thirsty Kyle found this one. This is amazing. Since the start of 2017, okay. Jameis Winston has 11 different games with at least 300 passing yards. Okay. That is tied for third most among all quarterbacks in that span. But here's the thing. In that span, here's the players that are ahead of him with more 300-yard passing games. Jared Goff's got 13. Matt Ryan and Big Ben both have 12, right? And Winston has 11. Matt Ryan started 32 games in that span. Ben and Goff, 31. Winston, 22. So on he a per-game basis, he's much more likely to throw for I, 300 yards than anybody else. He does it 50% of the time. He's Insane. played 22 games in this span, and he's thrown he's thrown over 300 yards three, uh, 11 times. I mean, that's 50%. I did that math in my head. Wow. I don't want to brag, but like literally like that. Kyle's on the hot seat. Didn't yeah, help geez. me on that one. Like, yeah, who needs Kyle? Right, I can do that on so my head. So I just think, look, and and the um the the last piece I'll make here is that if you piece them together, Fitzmagic and Jameis Winston last year, and, I, and there were there were a couple of games where sure, you know yeah, yeah. one Obviously. guy came in and came out, so that was frustrating. But that was one of the top that the Tampa Bay quarterback was a top three fantasy quarterback last year, top two last right, year, right, as a matter top of two, fact. yeah, second best quarterback in fantasy, and so all the elements that made that happen, poor run game. Poor defense, talented pass catchers, a pass-first offensive-minded coach are all in place here. And the only difference is 
yes, no Deshaun Jackson, Adam Humphreys, but more importantly, no Fitz magic. Like, Arians took this job understanding, like, your job, Bruce Arians, is to make Jameis Winston a franchise quarterback. Right. Not fix him because it's not like he had previously been a franchise quarterback. It's make Jameis Winston. Are you comfortable going into the season with Jameis Winston as the only quarterback on your roster? If it's a 12-team or 14-team league, yes, I am. Okay. So if it's a deeper league, you know, yep. I actually I take that back. I, the other I way around. The other if way it's around. A ten team I mean. league. If it's a ten team league, I hundred percent am. Yes, you can just mine for depth. Right, exactly. If if it, for some reason it it crashes and burns. If I'm in a deeper league, I'm probably taking somebody later as well. But again, like I have him as a like, so I have him at QB thirteen. So I'm as a starter in a fourteen team league. I was a fringe starter in a top in a in a twelve team league. So, but yes, I am comfortable. I. I believe he's going to have a very big year. He's one of my favorite sleepers. Not every running back group yields a weekly starter or even a weekly worthwhile flex play, Matthew. Every season, there's a couple of backfields that are basically irrelevant for fantasy. Ronald Jones had one of the most memorable, for the wrong reasons, season of a second-round pick in quite some time. 38th overall pick, who had 23 carries for 44 yards. Again, I'll borrow your trick. I'll do my own math. That's less than two yards per carry. Yeah, nice. Peyton Barber... Was just sort of a guy, right? Like I know he had 871 yards, and I, he may have finished in terms of total points as like a top 25 running back. But still, like who was enthused by starting Peyton Barber? The answer is nobody. This year, going into this year, do you forecast that either one of these running backs will actually be a player that you can consistently rely upon in your lineup? No. Same. No. I so well, okay. So there's, let's, there's, so there's reports that Ronald Jones like sort of loafed off and his didn't take his rookie year as seriously as he should have and now he sort of you know uh realizes why there's some like what the heck it's your job you're you're the chance to make millions who knows and it's all anecdotal so it's nothing i could prove or whatever that's but regardless the the argument is is that supposedly he's added some pounds and he is he is more dedicated and refocused and i know he's a sleeper for some i just don't think this first off um I think there is a chance. I don't think it's a good chance, but I think there's a legit chance that the running back that touches the ball, the running back that touches the ball the most on Tampa Bay this year is Andre Ellington. Oh, that's, oh, interesting. Former Bruce Arians guy. Like he loves him. He's on, he's in camp there. Like I thought you were going to say that the starting running back for the, uh, the Buccaneers is no longer on the roster. Is like Wendell Smallwood or somebody like somebody that's going to get cut. Like like, somebody who's not not on the roster yet. No, but so Andre Ellington is there. And, and so I don't know. It's just. Bruce Arians is a throw first and a throw second coach. And it's not like he has somebody in his backfield where he's just like, Oh, well, there's Le'Veon Bell. I've got to, um, uh, I've got to get him the ball. There's no one that demands touches in that Tampa Bay backfield. Right. And so I think it's going to be whoever's probably the better pass catcher. And in terms of like, if you wanted to draft one of those guys, to me, Ronald Jones is probably the pick just because. At least there's some upside there. Peyton Barber is what he is. Right, right, right. No, no, no question. I mean, I just think that, like it's. We just talked about Muhammad Sanu. Peyton Barber's the running back version of Muhammad Sanu. Right. I need eight points today. Hold on, we got some news here. Dan, you want to drop it for us? ESPN news while we're on air. Field Yates. That's what Field Yates does. It's unbelievable. Field Yates crushes. Where's his scoop hat? I wanted a hat that said scoop. For, uh, we for had Field one Yates. for you. We didn't have one for Field. Yeah, but I don't break any news. No, that's true. Field, do you want to handle this and one? When I get when I get tips, I 
legit, like I text Fielder Adam Schefter, and I'm That's like, fair. hey, you should, you should, you should do something. Matthew with this. Barry will be on the Adam Schefter podcast, which I think uh, I don't know when it's coming out, but I know you guys are going to be on it at some point this summer together. That will be fun. But we have yeah, news I'm taping it at one o'clock today. Yep. Okay, Duke Johnson Jr. from the Browns has been traded to the Houston Texans. Hey what? now, didn't we just talk about this a couple of days ago? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I guess we're talking about Melvin Gordon, but still, Duke Johnson to the, to the Texans. That's pretty interesting, huh? That is very interesting. Very interesting. What? Very make, interesting. What's your initial? What's your first blush thought on that one? Uh, so it's twofold. Okay. Number one is, let's start with Cleveland, who insisted all along. That we're not trading him! <laughs> I wonder if they're going to sign him. they got to be signing running back after that, huh? Uh, maybe, but that makes you feel better about Nick Chubb. Yeah. I mean, like, that was one of the arguments for, uh, one of the anti-arguments about Nick Chubb is that, hey, they're going to use Duke Johnson more. Right. And we'll see what happens, what they get out of Kareem Hunt when he comes off suspension as well. But I think, uh, you know, solidifies even more of a role for Obviously, Nick Chubb was already going to get a huge uh, volume, but even more so. Uh, I think that's interesting. I think it's a nice signing for Houston. My initial reaction 2020 is— 2020 draft pick, by the way. We don't know what draft pick as right. of yet, but they just announced it as an undisclosed draft pick. Okay. Um, my reaction for Houston is that I think it's a better NFL move than it is a fantasy move. Okay. My expectation is that Lamar Miller is still the guy you want. That, But I do think that— um, it hurts Lamar Miller a little bit just because Lamar Miller's the the argument for Lamar Miller is just sort of floor and volume. Right. Right. And so if you take some of that volume away, you know, that that certainly hurts. But it's not like Lamar Miller's going high in drafts anyway. Yeah. But, so I, I think this is a nice depth piece. Right. And it, it helped. Like I already have Deshaun Watson as my number two quarterback. But it, I feel like it's a nice piece for Houston and Bill O'Brien. I don't know that there's a tremendous amount of fantasy impact. Like, I don't know that I'm suddenly moving Duke Johnson way up my ranks. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, Duke Johnson is probably, like, he's still, he's still the backup running back there. He's still the change of pace back there. And Houston needed a second running back, like, in a, in a crazy amount of way. Like, yeah. literally, like, who was their backup running back after the cutting Deontay Foreman? I, I'm just asking you that. Like, the yeah. answer... Probably like Josh Ferguson, which yeah. tells you everything you need to know, right? Exactly. Um, for Cleveland, makes sense, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland, in turn, acquires another running back to sort of hold the fort over until Kareem yep. uh, Hunt returns. But from fantasy standpoint, like, I don't think it knocks down the value of Lamar Miller all that much. No. It doesn't bolster the value of Duke Johnson all that much. It's interesting. And finally, Duke Johnson. I was going to actually say, when you earlier were saying, like, Andre Ellington might be the player that leads... The, the Bucks and, and, and touches when I was saying like yeah I figure he might end up being the uh, you know the the best running back in the Bucks might not be on their roster one of the teams that has been speculated to maybe be a reasonable destination for Duke Johnson was the Buccaneers sure so should we just take it right back to the Buccaneers anything else you want to close the circle on with uh, Duke Johnson no the uh, the only thing that I actually think this might help is as I'm thinking about it a little more like because Duke Johnson just wasn't used at all last year right for Cleveland so maybe so. It's, I think it helps his fantasy value because I do think you don't make that trade if you're Houston if you're not planning on using him. Sure, yeah, no, I, no, no, no question. They have to use him. In the fight, they have all that cap space. They got to make some use of him. Yeah, it, right? so it doesn't so. mean that he's. It doesn't mean that there's significant fantasy value there. But I do think there's a slight uptick there. But again, he's a he's more he's more interesting if you have Lamar Miller on your team. I guess as a handcuff on some level. And in like a you know you and I play in the War Room League, which is a 16 team PPR league. Like yep. Duke Johnson has value in a in a deep. In a like in a super flex league or a deeper league, but other than that, Duke Johnson has some value. Buccaneers running backs do not have that much value. Correct. You know what has some value though, Matthew? Let me tell you a little something about something. 
The Fantasy Focus is brought to you by ADT, which has oh. value. And what does real protection mean for your listeners? It's a good offensive line play, real protection. You can get all of the latest innovation and in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you. You get 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family with connection to first responders. You get the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can get a smart home with everything from video doorbells, indoor and outdoor cameras, smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT app or the sound of your voice. It's like Siri. You can get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Plus, you get a system because custom, custom designed to fit your home, large or small. You can get safety on the go in the car or when their kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Please do us a favor and support ADT because you know why? Protect your family. Seriously, what's more important than your children? Second of all, they support us. And you know what? Tell them Grandpa Maddie sent you. You're not a grandpa yet. I was just kidding. Not yet. God, please no. Anyways, we're back. Let's talk about the Bucks cat pass catchers to wrap up double trouble here, Matthew. Mike Evans, the conversation reminds me in some ways of the one we had about Julio Jones. He's awesome. He's amazing. He is as consistent. He's one of the most consistent players in the NFL. He has over 1,000 receiving yards every year of his career. All right. Like the, the issue yeah. for Mike Evans was like a little bit down on the touchdowns at one point but still this guy is an absolute stud when he shows up and he always shows up he doesn't miss games he's one of the best he's an incredible character there's zero flaws in Mike Evans as a player yeah and we expect we expect this offense to stabilize a little bit under Bruce Arians yep and and with but by the way stabilize the quarterback play Right, which will which will certainly help Mike Evans. Like, again, like I'm at wide receiver eight. You have him at wide receiver ten, which is where he's going. His ADP is wide receiver ten. He's a he's a he's a lower end wide receiver one. You're especially if you go running back, running back uh, earlier in your drafts. You are very comfortable and happy if your number one wide receiver is Mike Evans. Uh, the other thing here is that there are 177 targets up for grabs. So no Deshaun Jackson, Jackson and no Adam Humphreys. Right. And so. Um, and we'll talk about that as we get into like Chris Godwin here. Well, that's and, where it gets interesting. Right. Mike Evans, like, I, I don't think we have a lot that hasn't been accounted for, right? He's awesome. If he could go higher than wide receiver 10, I have that's no my issue point. with that. My point is, is like, he already gets a high target share. What if he gets even more? Right. I mean, so last year he caught 86 balls for 1,500 yards and eight touchdowns. What if that's 100 balls? Right. And that, that's, that would not be surprising to of me. Of course right? not. Not at all. Right. If we're going to continue to listen to Bruce Arians talk up the possibilities of, of Jameis Winston, by dint of that, Mike Evans is bound for a monster year. I, I think we all feel really good about him. He would be, I think, even if his ceiling is not quite the same as an Odell Beckham or a Julio or a Devontae, he's one of the safest players in fantasy football every single year. Again, from a durability standpoint, a production standpoint, and the fact that this defense still stinks. Like, from a function standpoint, they have no choice. They must throw the football a ton again this year. Let's move on to the rest of the pass catchers, Matthew, because it is really interesting. One of the trendier, and it's not a sleeper, but one of the trendier rapid risers this year is yeah. Chris Godwin. Yeah. Chris Godwin now in his third year out of Penn State. Kyle loves Penn State. Anyways, Chris Godwin played pretty well when given chances last year. I think there were four games down the stretch where Deshaun Jackson was on the bench. Chris Godwin, I think, had like two games of 100-plus yards and then two games where he was a dud, right? So um, some good moments, some bad moments. But now there is no more questioning what the role is for Chris Godwin. They need him. You mentioned it. No Deshaun Jackson. 
No Adam Humphreys. 177 targets vacated. You have him at wide receiver 18. I've got him at 26, Matthew. Yep. Is he the breakout candidate at wide receiver in fantasy football this year? As you continue to percolate through, there you go. You got yeah. Your, your so I'm like, up. well, they I, I screwed up because uh, uh, they wanted me to send a tweet before we start to talk about the bucks. And I didn't okay, well here, so go check out now. Matthew Barry TMR for the live link to our there podcast and rewatch as needed. But okay. again, is he the breakout wide receiver candidate of the year for you? One of them, where I mean, one, one, I think one of them is okay. a, a very fair. And look, I'm not alone on this. There's a lot of people. Uh, I think I think the joke I wrote was as required by fantasy analyst law. Yep. I'm on Chris Godwin. I feel like a lot of us are, and it's easy to see why, right? So here's a guy that, despite seeing, uh, dis, despite the fact that he saw 23 fewer targets from Jameis Winston's last year than Mike Evans, Chris Godwin actually caught four touchdowns, which tied Evans for a team high. Again, from uh, from uh, from Winston. Over the past two years, yep. higher catch percentage and a lower drop percentage when targeted by Winston uh, than than Evans. Yep, you know, so somebody that feels like he has a real connection with Jameis Winston, he had 14 end zone targets last year that was tied for the seventh most, and he was a guy that was four, 52nd among all wide receivers in terms of routes run. So it's just the guy that, like, even though he wasn't on the field very much, still produced at a high level, and when they got in close, Jameis Winston was looking for him. We've heard all the sort of quotes from Bruce Arians. Wants him out of the slot. Wants him in the Larry Fitzgerald role, which obviously was very productive under Bruce Arians when they were in Arizona. You know, Bruce Arians quote, he's not coming off the field. He could catch 100 balls this year. Yep. So we always talk about fantasy success comes from talent and opportunity. Yep. We have seen the talent from Chris Godwin, but prior to last year, prior to this year, he was always sort of blocked by Deshaun Jackson. He was somebody that was sort of viewed as kind of that that speed guy. You obviously aren't replacing Mike Evans, and so... Uh, there, you know, there's some wide, three wide receiver sets they'd be out there, but ultimately he was sort of blocked somewhat by Deshaun Jackson. Now Deshaun Jackson is a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. He is the number two wide receiver on what we think will be one of the most fantasy friendly and pass happy offenses in the NFL. So again, crazy talent and crazy opportunity here for me. Six career, he had six career games without an active Deshaun Jackson. 98 or more receiving yards in half those games, and again with inconsistent quarterback play, which we expect to improve this year. Just want to see the consistency. It's, it's not. It's not that it can't be there, Matthew. We just want to see it, right? Like sometimes the only way to believe it is to see it. OJ Howard, former first uh, first round pick, what two years ago yep. by the Buccaneers, big, physically imposing tight end. You have him at tight end five. I have him at tight end seven. The ADP is tight end five. So. He is in a tight end work share, right? It's him and Cameron Brate. And yet, we are still pretty bullish on OJ Howard. Has been banged up during courses of his career, but this is a player that in the red zone should be one of the best red zone weapons in the NFL amongst tight ends. Yeah, and I think there's, there's a narrative out there that, well, Bruce Arians doesn't like his tight end. Right? They all stunk, right? Right. That's the big problem. Exactly. Heath Miller was okay. Right, when, besides when, Heath. When, when, right, exactly. I mean, when, when Arians was in Pittsburgh, he, right. When he had a good tight end, he liked him. Yeah. Heath Miller was, uh, was fantasy usable. But one of the things that's exciting about OJ Howard is how well he gets down the field. Like Bruce Aaron's never had a guy like OJ Howard. Right. Who was not only a first round pick, but not a reach. Like no one was just like, whoa, what are the Buccaneers doing taking OJ Howard? I mean, you know, he was coming out of Alabama. People were like, this guy's a beast. Like, you know, and so everyone had him as a first round pick. He has that sort of talent here. Last year among tight ends, only Rob Gronkowski averaged more air yards per target than O.J. Howard. 
So, like, they like to throw it deep to him. He's somebody that can get deep. And so I think skill set-wise, he actually fits in really well with what Bruce Arians wants to do. Comes back healthy as well. Uh, remember, uh, from weeks six through nine last year, again, it's a small sample size sure. there. But so um, four-week sample there, he was the number one tight end in fantasy. 66 fantasy points, 17 catches, 250 yards, four touchdowns. Like, so we've seen the potential. Like, he's got that kind of ability. And so... um Again, I have him at tight end five. I have Evan, we have the, I have the big three. I have Ingram at four. And then I have OJ Howard at five. And honestly, Ingram and Howard are right there for me. The only thing that gives me some pause is just the fact that there are so many other good weapons in this offense. Most notably, Mike Evans and we believe in Chris Goblin. But besides that, like, and I guess still, like, being the third weapon in the passing game is not that far down the depth chart for a tight end to still be really impactful for fantasy football. Especially considering they're going to throw a ton, and they can't run the ball. They cannot run the ball. Their defense is going to be deplorable again. They have to throw it, and it's Bruce Arians again. He's like there will be elements of his offense that I think maybe OJ Howard has never been privy to before in his two previous seasons. Not that Dirk Cutter was a bad offensive mind, but just I think Arians has seemingly I don't know, he I don't know. I'm just encouraged. I'll put it that way. I'm encouraged by what Bruce Arians can do for this offense. We're going to put a pin in the show by answering some Twitter questions. Do you want me to read them, or want Keith to read them to us? That works as well. Have at it, Keith. All right. At 121st Michigan or 121st Street or we're not sure. Whatever. Uh, who wants to know who is the later round tight end with the most upside? Oh, I'll, um, I'll jump in here real again? quick. Yeah, field. Just... I got this because all offseason I've been all in on Vance McDonald and Darren Waller. Those have been like my those two guys two that I have been just. That's a good just, point, Daniel. I always everything has that. been big for me yeah. on those guys. Yep, that's a good point. Not cool, Keith. Do me a favor. Can you just go over and strangle Daniel Dopp? I need you to do two things for me. I need you to strangle Daniel Dopp. And then I need you to just post something on uh, ZipRecruiter that I'm looking for a new co-host, the fantasy show on ESPN+. Plus. Here's the you thing. Offensive coordinator of the Raiders, Greg Olson, just talked about how much he loved Darren Waller. Yeah, when I, I yeah. met with him at the Combine, and that I was remember, one of the things you know, that, that he talked good, about. That was cool. Anyways, yeah, Darren Waller, though, by the way, so so Matthew, say your piece. Thank he, you, he's my legit, guys. legitimately a, a, a sleeper for you. Who, Darren Waller? 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, we, we know what the kind of target share that Jared Cook had last year. Look, he is big and fast. Converted wide receiver out of Georgia Tech. Uh, from the Ravens, this was it. But while Jared Cook was still on the roster, I remember talking to Greg Olson, the offense coordinator of the Raiders, who we had on our Combine podcast, and I said, "Give me a sleeper, like just on on your entire team." And this is when Jared Cook was still on the team, and he said, "Darren Waller." He's like, "We think we found something uh, from him." Uh, uh, from him. Now it's interesting. I mean, like Foster Moreau getting some love on on Hard Knocks in the first episode of Hard Knocks. Darren Waller is going to he's have the guy. he's. He's going to get every opportunity on what we think is going to be a an offense that will pass quite a bit. And so do love Darren Waller there. I'm not pandering here. I have a pick. Yeah, not pandering ahead. here. Jordan Reed is going the final round on average right now. And again, you know, you know what? Once. Jordan Reed and then another tight end, if you put their stats together. I know, field. I know, I know, Dave. But seriously, like fool me once, shame on me. Fool right. me twice, shame on you. Whatever. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Butcher the sentence twice in a row, and you've got a great fantasy football expert. Anyways, Jordan Reed has been awesome this training camp. That's what every report consistently been the most yes. dynamic player on that offense. He's going in the final round. It's one thing when you're burning a fifth round pick on Jordan Reed, or maybe yeah. even more, like a third round pick at the height of his of his career. Tight end seventeen. I agree because we know what the upside is, and like again, if the last round pick, like. Absolutely. Sorry, uh, sorry, Jordan. Sorry, I'm, I'm not going to take Jordan Reed. Instead, I am going to grab you know Matt Prater. With all due respect to the Lions, and Matt Prater's the man. Right. 
Yeah, so I would think those guys, and then just uh, among the uh, among the higher name guys, you mentioned Vance McDonald, and I agree. I'm high on I am high on Vance McDonald. When my love hate list comes out, you'll see Vance is on there. I have Vance. I want to say at tight end seven. He's currently going as tight end ten. Again, there are over 200 targets available on the Steelers with Antonio Brown leaving, Jesse James leaving, and so as we hear, you know. They like Dante Moncrief as the number two. We'll see what James Washington and, you know, uh, right. and, and, uh, Deontay Johnson, right? Yep. Um, third but, round pick out of Toledo. Right. Nice. Well, nice poll. But ultimately, Vance McDonald is the guy that has the connection with Big Ben. He's somebody who is top 10 in terms of tight end targets over the last couple of years. And so, yeah, give me some Vance McDonald this year. How you about know? one? Like, yeah, I'm in. How yeah. about one more question from, uh, Keith? You got any more? Two more from Keith. There's a quick one here, and uh, Tyler wants to know, when is the Fantasy Football Marathon? Fantasy Football Marathon begins Monday. Today is the 8th and 9th. Monday, August 12th, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Goes all the way through Tuesday at at 10 10 o'clock. It'll be on ESPN and ESPN2. Listen, you will be so sick of Matthew by the end of that marathon. He is going to be all over your airwaves doing so many different things. If you've ever wanted to know what is it like to be Field Yates, watch watch the marathon, marathon and you'll be like, oh, my God, how do you put up with Matthew for that long? So that here's your exam, here's your chance, here's your chance to experience what Field Yates gets to experience every single day. So there's going to be a lot of me, but there's also listen, be a lot of you, a lot of Adam Schefter, a lot of Mike Clay, a lot of all of our, a uh, lot of Stefania, obviously. Yeah, it's always a very fun event. Yes. Let me say this, not to be like a company bench here, yeah. but a ton of people have been working all summer to get ready for this all. marathon. So we can promise you the content will be terrific. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, gonna be a lot of fun, and uh, always you know we do the draft at the end. That's always a lot of fun, a lot of great information, and a uh, and it's also it's a lot of fun. It's one of the one of my favorite things we do no here question. at the company. Obviously, so Is that it starts fun, Monday, though? August twelfth. Is it fun though? Stop it's, it. Uh, it. It's is it fun? Yeah. Yeah, super fun. Okay. Wicked fun. What else have you got, Keith? Alexandra wants to know if Tariq Cohen is more or less valuable this year than last. Has to be less, right? I, I, mean, would, I would say less. The fa- I mean, last year I think he was top 15 running back, first of all. Second of all, David Montgomery. I know that Jordan Howard is gone, but still, it feels like the Bears have the pieces in place to line up the kind of backfield they want. David Montgomery, Mike Davis, Tariq Cohen, less valuable, but still useful in fantasy football. Jekyll and Hyde. Right. We, we keep talking about, you know, sort of my love-hate list, and not to give it all away, but like, Tariq Cohen made the hate list there yeah. because just he scored at such an unsustainable rate last right. year. Ridiculous. And it you know, so uh one of the one of the things that you'll see on the uh we just we just uh put up the love hate episode for um uh for the fantasy show on ESPN plus and Lou Riddick was a guest on it. Yep. And so we were talking about the Bears offense, which he's very high on here, but he expects David Montgomery to be significantly involved in the passing game, which is something Jordan Howard wasn't last year, and obviously that would decrease Tariq Cohen's touches remember they've also got mike davis they've got right. another pa- nice pass catching back there so i think Tariq cohen again uh where he's going in drafts to you know it's Tariq cohen's a nice player but you ask is he less valuable or more valuable than he is last year i think he is going to be less valuable he's currently going this is crazy to me field he's currently going as running back 27 ahead of david montgomery like i'm not totally taken aback by him going ahead of david montgomery really not totally I, taken aback. I would I would take David Montgomery over Tariq Cohen had, all day, have every day. Seventy some catches last year. Like I'm not yeah. totally taken aback. I'm by not it. saying I'm not saying yes, but he scored at an unsustainable rate. Like he'll right. still have sixty some odd catches, but the scoring's going to come way down. 
I say David I say David Montgomery has more fantasy points than Tariq. No, Cohen. but that's not I'm say, I, what I was saying is I'm not totally taken aback by what by what you're saying right here. Like I'm not I'm not committed to the idea that he's going to be a, a guy. I think David Montgomery finishes ten spots at least ten spots ahead of Tariq Cohen. Yeah, why not? I'll do that. All right, I say David Montgomery finishes ten spots higher in terms of total fantasy points than Tariq Cohen this year. I say Tariq Cohen finishes within ten spots or better. Than David Montgomery in 2019. Put, Put it, it on, on the board. board. Put it on the board. Let's go. There you go. Hey, okay. one last thing that we have to do here. Um. Uh, oh, oh, two last things I have to do. So, um, we want to do. So, I guess there's a ESPN Milwaukee is doing a fantasy football draft, right? And they they would they've asked us to record a message because we're not going to be able to be there. They did ask us. This was supposed to be an off, off the, the air, air right? thing. And let's do it on the air. We yeah. can do it on the air. Anyway, you so really I'm want. not. I, I want to. Uh, so if you do want to see me in person at a draft event, Caesars.com slash Barry. Caesarspalache.com. Caesars. No. Caesars. Caesars. Okay, Caesars.com. I'll be at a, I'll be at a, uh, Caesars in Las Vegas, August 16th and 17th. Okay. Your league can draft with me. Right. I'll be uh, at Cisco Brewery. You can draft with me there too. You can drink a draft. <laughs> share a draft. There'll be plenty of drinks and uh, all you can eat food uh, at. Uh, at Caesars. So anyway, go to Caesars.com slash Barry if you'd like to uh, come hang out with me in Vegas and okay. bring your league. But let's do this thing. Let's so, do it together. So we, yeah, I mean, so we have, we'll a, go we, have a little, lines. we have a little script here that they want us to read. Let's do it. Okay. So I'm here. I'm putting that up there. So first off, welcome to the ESPN Milwaukee Fantasy Football Draft. Should I take? Where am I? Wait, where, what camera am I doing? Is okay, it an audio message? Let's do it. It's just an audio message. Oh, it's just an audio okay. message. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. You're I thought totally it was a video. nailing this. Let's go. You're, All right. So anyway. Here we go. Well, take this again. Cut all that other stuff, Kenny. There we go. Keep it. Welcome to the ESPN Milwaukee Fantasy Football Draft. This is Matthew Berry. And I'm Field Yates, your host of the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. Plus, Matthew has his own show on ESPN Plus called The Fantasy Show. 100%. And during the season, Sunday mornings, Fantasy Football Now, 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN2 with myself, Field Yates, and Stefania Bell, plus the whole crew. So you can check that all out and plus... Watch or listen to our podcast. They're telling us to plug here, Field. So you know me. I'm always going to plug that. Uh, our podcast is not only available on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere you get iTunes, the ESPN app, but you can watch us do it live 10 a.m. Eastern every Monday through Friday on Twitter at Fantasy Focus, on the ESPN YouTube channel, and in the ESPN app. That was very impressive by you. By the way, we want to give you some advice for your upcoming draft here. You ready for it? Here's my piece of advice for you. Draft Aaron Rodgers, chug the beer that he was not necessarily capable of chugging, win your league. I'm going to say draft Aaron Rodgers, I mean draft him first overall. Okay, okay, I kid. You can definitely take Aaron Rodgers, just don't do it in the first round. Instead, draft for value. you got to think about the value of the position, of the player, and how the rest of the room is also approaching its draft. Don't simply go to fill out your starting lineup first. Think about value, lots of depth as well. Yeah, and the other piece of advice they uh, that for I would say for drafting advice is, and I wrote about this in my draft day manifesto in more depth. But in essence, I want you to draft players that are one of two things. I want you to think about range of outcomes. So I want you to draft either players who have a a narrow range of outcome, obviously at a high level for for the long season, yep, or that can have a very uh, high range of outcome in a weekly instance. So what I mean like that, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, right? Or Devontae Adams, I think is a perfect example of this. As long as we're talking to ESPN Milwaukee. So Devontae Adams, barring some sort of injury, is going to finish as one of the top wide receivers in fantasy. Right. Like so there's a guy with a very high floor. Like he's he's the only wide receiver double edged touchdowns each of the last three years. So you want guys like that where you know what production you're getting from them week in, week out. But unfortunately, 
you're not going to be able to draft a team full of Devontae Adams. You're going to have to mix and match. You're not going to be able to just set and forget your lineup for the entire year. So what I want you to do is as you get later in your drafts, in the middle and uh, later rounds of your draft, is to draft guys that if something went right, they would be a top 10 or top 15 player at the position, like somebody like Rashad Penny, who's going in the 12th round. If something were to happen to Chris Carson, Rashad Penny would be a top 10 fantasy running back. I'd much rather a person like that than somebody like Muhammad Sanu, who's just like eight or 10 points every week. There's literally no upside to Muhammad Sanu. By the way, don't forget to wear your best jersey. My favorite that I've seen in the draft recently was a Frank Gore Eagles jersey. The dude literally didn't play for them. He just agreed to a contract with them during the legal negotiating window. I say it's a commemorative value item, though. I think it's awesome. I have so many Redskins quarterback jerseys of players that no longer play on the team. Like, you know, like, so I've got a Patrick Ramsey jersey. Yeah, you I, do. I, like, I got a Skip Hicks former running back of the Redskins. Like, you have no idea how many, like, I got my RG3 jersey. Like, I got a Kirk Cousins jersey. It's very depressing how many, uh, how many Redskin quarterback or former Redskin players I got. I remember one time buying a Champ Bailey jersey going like, they're never trading Champ Bailey. To the ESPN Milwaukee Fantasy Football Faith you Faithful, we wish you happy drafting and good karma for 2019. All right, and there for us, that we, was that was for ESPN Milwaukee. Yeah, here's a secret squirrel. Why are we not sending Thirsty Kyle, who's a crazy Packers fan, to ESPN Milwaukee? Maybe we he can, will be there. We can you afford to know. send him. That's a great question. If we sent him, I think the podcast would fall apart. That's the only reason why. It's a very good. How point. would people be able to tell? Before we say goodbye. Poll results tell us that August 8th, 67% of the votes say that Jeff Fisher Day is actually August 8th, not July 9th. David Rulas chimes in. It's actually July 9th, but observed on August 8th. We're back tomorrow. That. We think Stefania might be here. She might be somewhere. Maybe Jamaica. I don't know. We'll talk no, to you guys. She's like stuck in an airport uh, somewhere. Uh, yeah, Jamaica. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, private probably. airport in Jamaica. She might have had too many wine spritzers at the airport bar. Who knows? Uh, Stefania's back tomorrow, as am I, as are you, as is we Secret think. Squirrel. We hope. <laughs> Later. See you soon. Peace out. You're in the 06010. Never gonna hustle in case you didn't know. Matthew Berry TMR. You, 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 you guys go ahead. Give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me because I don't think you could. Jail bait. You're, you're, you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at field gate. At field gate. Stefania Bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. Secret Squirrel Daniel Dunn. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. You're older than people realize. That never stops. Loyal 06010 listeners. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowner's insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, mm, chocolate lab. And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance.